Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes you don't stick to your budget, and that's okay. Uh, I feel like I stick to my budget 99.9% of the time, and this time I 100% did not stick to my budget. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty. I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner, and I am here today uh, for a solo episode. And first of all, I'd like to start by apologizing that we are late in posting this episode. I had recorded it earlier and it turns out that, well, I think my headphones are not working. So I went and got new headphones today. So I think that was the problem. So we haven't had a problem in a long time, always bound to have a problem eventually. So uh, I do apologize that this episode is going up late, but it was my fault uh, the quality was not good enough to post, so I am here to do it again. But yeah, today we're going to talk about my honeymoon. I just got back. We did five and a half weeks. We traveled all over. We did 12 flights, 12 hotels, three rental cars, uh, only two of which were planned, and two continents and seven countries. So it was a whirlwind. I doubt I'll ever do it again, uh, but it was amazing. So I figured I would start with the questions that I got on Instagram, and then uh, we'll go from there. So the first one was, what is the highlight of the trip? Uh, I would say, gosh, there's so many highlights. We went to so many different places. But I think for me, the highlight was probably the South African portion of the trip because it was just, it's so far away It uh, from Salt Lake City, it is, you know, four, four and a half hours flying, depending on the tailwinds, to Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, it's a 16-hour flight, was a 16-hour flight returning uh, to get to Cape Town. So it's just a really long ways away. It's probably the farthest I've ever traveled. So I thought that South Africa was incredible. We did a safari, which was an amazing and incredible experience. We, I didn't realize you got so close to the animals. So I, if you followed me on Instagram, I was like absolutely t- terrified the first day <laughs> going to sleep because we were really, really close to animals. We also did a, you do like 
a later day drive, like game drive is what they call it. And so our guides were amazing and they like, they tracked uh, a leopard. And so they, like, we did not go back when it got dark, we continued out. Um, and it was a really incredible experience, but we were like in the dark, which not my favorite to be in the dark. Um, so we were in the dark with a leopard and then, yeah, so it was terrifying because he came down from the tree and I was like, where did he go? We can't see because it's dark. Anyway, I thought that was definitely a highlight, the safari and then wine country. I'm always a big fan of drinking wine in other countries. Uh, so it was great to see where Pinotage came from, which is what they're known for, among other things. But that was something I was very interested in. Um, and then get to see Cape Town. So I think South Africa was a highlight just because of how far away it is. Um, and then I'd never, never traveled that far. And I've never been to the continent of Africa before. But overall, the whole trip was a highlight. I think that South Africa was the most recent part, so maybe that's why I'm saying that as the highlight. But if you probably had asked me in the middle or before, I would have had highlights. So it's just a really incredible experience. I really feel very fortunate that we were able to do it. I was able to get the time away from work. I've never taken that much time away from work as an adult. I don't think I've ever tried. I've never traveled for that many weeks consecutively ever. Um, I've definitely been away from home. Like I studied abroad. I spent, I think, probably a month in Austria growing up various times. So you're always in one spot. Um, so it's very, it was very different to spend weeks traveling where like every two to three days you're moving. And that's probably why I'll never do it again. It's a lot of work. And while I didn't think I overpacked, I because I wore all everything I brought with me, I used or wore multiple times. I thought it was annoying to like unpack, repack all the time, especially when you like get to another place and you want to buy like souvenirs and then you have like nowhere to put them because you're like, my luggage is already full. So we figured that out. But I think the highlight was South Africa. The main highlight was the ability to be able to do this at all because it was pretty incredible. Okay. So second question is how uh, did you budget? And then how two-part question. And then how did you get upgraded on flights? So budgeting for this is I came up with Yes, we'll backtrack. So we started with my husband wanted to go to one place and I wanted to go to two places that are near each other. And then we both wanted to add a piece to the honeymoon that was like a bucket list once in a lifetime component. And so we settled on South Africa and a safari and wine tasting is like a bucket list thing. He loves Pinotage. I do too. And I had I guess always wanted to do a safari, but he really wanted to do one more, but I thought it always sounded interesting. So his portion that he really wanted was to go rock climbing, deep water soling in Spain. I was on board. I studied in Spain, so I always have loved to have a reason to go back. I had never been to Mallorca, so that sounded great to me. And then I had always wanted to go to Montenegro and then had recently heard about Albania. They're next to each other. So that was my portion. And then from there, we figured we'd go to Africa for like the bucket list portion. So... From there, we figured out timeframes. And then from there, we set a, a budget. So I figured out like weekly, if we were going to be away for five weeks, it was five and a half, but like approximately what would we spend in a week with hotels, food, airfare. So here's where a lot of the mistake came in. Figured all that out, times it by five. That was the budget. South Africa was the bucket list portion and safaris are expensive, which I did not know until we started planning. So we allocated 50% of our budget for South Africa, which was going to be approximately two weeks. And then the remaining 50% of the budget was for the three weeks in, in Europe. And then from there, Spain was obviously going to be more expensive for hotels versus, for, for instance, Montenegro and Albania. It's just cheaper to travel there because it's not as popular, uh, especially Albania. So it all worked out. So we did all that 
South Africa came in higher than we were expecting. Thankfully, I have Natasha to talk to because I always err on the side of like, if it's over budget, I'm just not going to do it. Don't really care. Um, Natasha was like, this is your honeymoon. You should just go over budget. So thank you, Natasha. Um, and I will say that as as much as I give everybody else financial advice, sometimes when you're doing it yourself, you need somebody else to advise you. Now, my sister is not a financial professional, but I skew on the side of, I guess, maybe over saving a little bit. Like I'm very diligent about saving, have always been very diligent about saving, um, and I'm pretty strict about it. I'm not the type to go over. I will say this year has been all about going over, so I guess it's fine to have one of those years. So we went over on the budget, and so then went over on the hotel aspect of the budget. So with planning the remainder of the trip, I decided that flights was just going to make this whole thing feel too overwhelming to me from a price standpoint. But I've never used my credit card points or I really haven't used my hotel. Or no, sorry, my airline miles. My hotel points are gone. I used those last year for vacation. So those are totally gone. I don't think I even have one night at this point. Um, but I've never used credit card points and I've never really used my airline miles. So I had almost a million between the two, between points and miles. So I used that to cover all of our flights because I had looked at, which if we had planned a little better, around the world ticket, because it's kind of what we did. Uh, we just didn't do the right order. Um, so I ended up being able to book almost everything except for like two of the hopper flights, like the little ones back and forth to Mallorca on points and miles. So that saved the budget a bit because those flight prices would have really thrown the budget out of order because we'd already gone over budget when we were just booking the trip. So that's how I did it. I just came up with a, a amount weekly that I anticipated spending times to buy the weeks we were going to be away. And then we then we started booking hotels. So I didn't start with booking first. I came up with the budget first. Just my always what I tell everybody, start with your budget first. I found out the budget wasn't going to be sufficient, so we went a bit over it, and then I compensated by then paying with uh, points and miles for the rest of the parts we needed to book, which were the flights, so that helped. I also, which I think helped the budget, did half board in Spain where we spent uh, a good portion of our time, and that was amazing because you had breakfast and dinner included, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing not to have to think about where you're having dinner. That's not for everybody, but... It definitely helped with the budgeting. Also, that hotel, the wine was super affordable. So a bottle was like 12 euros. So that was, I thought that was a glass price. And I was very happy to find out that they just didn't have any glasses listed on the menu. So that whole thing was bottles. So that helped because it was like a whole week's worth of meals. We'd like did tapas out for lunch. And that was like really affordable for that and a beer. And then we had a really nice bottle of wine. I think like one was 15 euros. There was also a wine store that we got wine from too as well. And um the wine we were buying at the hotel was obviously marked up, but it was like 12 euros and then it was like five euros in the wine store. So that helps a lot with the budgeting. I love this concept of like half board or full board with the European hotels where your meals are included because from a budgeting standpoint, really helps you know what you're going to be spending if you're only buying lunch out um, and then like what other activities. And so in Spain, the activities were going to a beach. So <laughs> it was just walk to the beach. It was great. So that was super helpful with the budget. And then the airline, booking airlines with credit card points or airline miles. So looking, if you're going to be Europe, going to Europe, I think looking at the meals that would be included with the resort. Um, so half board, full board, and then maximizing those credit card points and miles because that saved the budget for this honeymoon for sure. Um, how do we get upgraded on flights? 
we didn't get upgraded on flights. Uh, I use those miles so that um, all of our flights, all of the long haul flights that we did, so getting to Europe, getting from Europe to South Africa and South Africa home, we were in business class for everything. I will say that I haven't traveled since COVID. I have never flown myself business class before. Uh, I've gotten upgraded into it, but I've never paid for it that I know, that I remember. Oh, one time. I did pay one time for it. Um, and so I will say that the, in my opinion, the international airlines, like the European airlines, provide a much better business class experience. And I will have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure it was like the same amount of points or miles. Like it wasn't anything significantly more costly from that aspect, but the service and the quality was a, a completely different experience with the European airline that we flew business versus the domestic airline. I'm not going to name names, but completely different. You wouldn't even know you were in business class and domestic uh, versus what was offered in Europe. So I'm only going to be using, if I'm doing those long haul flights, I'm going to try to use a European provider because I think for what you're going to be using the points and miles for, your service experience is going to be dramatically better. Like lie flat beds, menu service, better wine selection. It felt like we flew in first class in Europe. And then for the domestic airline, it felt like economy but bigger seats. Didn't really feel any different. But anyway, we did not get upgraded. Um, domestic will not upgrade you. Apparently, I asked if there was opportunity for us to get upgraded. And they said that uh, they don't upgrade like anyone from business into first. They just don't do it. And when we flew internationally, uh, when we flew the European brand, um, I wasn't expecting to get upgraded. I don't know how the service could have gotten or the experience could have gotten any better because it was incredible. We flew on the second floor of the place. You went upstairs. They gave you a shirt. Like they gave you pajamas. They like took your clothes and hung them. It was wonderful. It's like it was like an 11 hour flight. Like I could have been on there forever. Not my experience with the domestic airlines. So yeah, did not get upgraded. And that is how we set our budget and how we went over our budget to be completely transparent. Um, and then what was the most frustrating part of aspect of the trip? I think um, booking the rental car was, if I had to name something, I think booking the rental cars was the most frustrating, especially trying to do the cross border. It just wasn't really clear. I don't know. I feel like the prices always come in way higher. Um, they really always say that you have to have their insurance. Like I called American Express and confirmed I did not have to have their insurance. It depends on what country you're traveling to. I verified all of that with American Express. So I did decline the coverage, um, except when we tried to take the rental car to Albania, they mandate, uh, mandated that I had their insurance for Albania specifically, even though American Express had said they would cover it. I just didn't feel like getting and having a problem. Um, so that was the most frustrating part of our trip was probably booking and dealing with the rental cars. I always feel like they're way more money than they should be. But that was it. I guess maybe in hindsight, like the Albanian portion was a little frustrating. That's where we pulled the pivot. We got to Albania after I paid a fortune to get the car allowed to go to Albania from the rental car agency. I had to pay extra money. They didn't disclose until we tried to, when we went to pick up the car. They said it wasn't allowed, although I had paid for cross-border. They didn't state anywhere on the website that it wasn't allowed in Albania, their vehicle. They have the same brand in Albania, but apparently it's a different company, even though it has the same name and the same logo and the same website. It doesn't say anything about not being a different company. They were explicit that it was a different company. So that part was annoying and frustrating. We we paid for it because I didn't know what to do at the time. We we're standing at the ticket counter, ticket counter, uh, whatever the car rental counter, and they were like, "If you want to take this car to Albania, we have like six nights booked there. Then you have to do this." So 
I did it. I think that's kind of a scam, to be frank. So I'm not exact. Probably should have just. I had already prepaid for the rental car. I don't know that I'll ever do that again. It saves you money. But had I not prepaid, I could have made a different decision. But I had already paid for that car for 11 days. So that was the most frustrating. I think I made a mistake there. I shouldn't have prepaid for the car to save. I don't know what I. I don't know what I saved. I can't remember. But I, I did it to get a savings but it actually cost me more money because I felt like I was locked in. So then I made the decision to pay what they told me I had to pay uh, to get the car. So that was probably the most frustrating. And then that should have been a red flag or kind of a foreshadowing of this Albania portion is not going to go that well. So when we got to Albania, we didn't like it. I don't know how else to put it. I don't, the people that we did encounter were very nice. Um, a lot of other people have gone and have great experiences there. It's just not totally prepared for tourism there and I guess is the way I would put it um so like the roads aren't that easy the roads are in good condition when you take them um but like for instance in the traffic circle there's going to be a ton of bikers who are going every which way and you have to try not to hit them and there might also be cows or goats in the traffic circle so stuff like that so it's just like not prepared for tourism I'm a decent driver but it's hard when you don't know which way people are going. And then if you do stop to let the biker go, so you don't hit the biker, everyone is beeping and screaming at you. So it's like not totally prepared for tourism, at least where we were. I'm sure in other areas it was better. So we just decided that it was like not for us and to pivot once we got there and discovered it wasn't a good fit. And if anyone's traveling to Albania and wants to have more details on this portion of the trip, happy to provide it. But um, the people we, did, we encountered were really nice. We just decided once we got there, it wasn't a good fit. And so we canceled the rest of our hotels in Albania. The great thing is we did those all through booking.com and we had pretty flexible cancellations for those. Uh, we had one, maybe we lost one night and the the hotels in Albania are not expensive. Like, so the one that we did stay in the one night was $40, 40 US dollars. So we canceled that whole thing. And then we booked flights to Munich, got another rental car and drove to visit my friend in Austria. We left our rental car that we had paid a fortune for to go to Albania back at the Dubrovnik airport in a parking lot and kept the keys. It's like the most bizarre thing ever. We told them we were leaving and coming back and they were like, you can just leave it in this parking lot. I'm like, do you want the keys for the car? Since like you own the car, we're leaving the country uh, for five days. And they're like, no, you have to keep the keys. Okay. thought that was odd. That little jaunt off to Austria cost like another $1,500 with flights and rental cars. I think it was well worth it. We enjoyed that portion of the vacation tremendously. So the Albanian portion of the trip was the most frustrating, I think, and the biggest impact financially. Initially, it was going to be the most affordable portion of our trip, but because of our pivot, it didn't become the most expensive, but with the rental car, yeah, probably it was was the most expensive, but it was an expensive pivot. I think worth it. I also am really happy that I've always saved so diligently and have a healthy emergency fund because we were able to make that decision. Like I can't imagine like when I was in my early 20s being like, yeah, I'm just going to spend an extra $15,000 to make a different decision today. But I was able to do that, which was really very, felt very fortunate to be like, this isn't a problem. The money's not an issue. It's 100% not part of my budget. Um, I think if my husband had been with me, I probably would have just stuck it out because I'm cheap. But I also wanted to make sure we he had a good time too since he had never traveled like this before. So yeah, we were really fortunate to be able to make that change. So that was probably the most frustrating part of the trip was like that 
we hadn't planned for that and then adjusting it, it all worked out fine and I'm able to swing it, but it was expensive and a little frustrating. And I don't know what I would have done differently. I feel like maybe I could have researched that portion of the trip maybe better, but I looked back on some messages and stuff of people I've reached out to and I don't know that I would have done it differently with the information I had at the time. What I will say is if I ever travel for that long again, which I don't think I will, I might I I think it's important to give yourself a little leeway if you when you're traveling for 6 weeks that like things might change and you might want to adjust things. I'm really grateful that we hadn't prepaid for all of our hotels for that portion of the trip or for Montenegro one of the hotels I couldn't get a refund, but I could change the night. So we just drove from Albania back to Montenegro, which probably would have done anyway because there's two border crossings. It's, in my mind, it was easier to do one and then do the second one the following day. But we wouldn't. I didn't think we would be able to do both in one day and get to the airport and get a flight. So we booked a flight for the next day. And then that hotel allowed us to change the date of our stay to that day, which I was shocked by. So I, I think going forward, I will only book we ever do a long trip. I only book hotels where you could cancel. Maybe you lose that one night, the immediate night, the day you're in, but that you have a flexible cancellation policy because then you have that ability to change plans should something change because six weeks is a long time. I also have travel insurance, but I don't think not liking where you're going to be is covered under travel insurance. Um, I do think the travel insurance will cover what we missed two nights in Johannesburg because of a flight, de- flight delay. Once again, we were flying on that European airline. That was incredible. Incredible. And so when they delayed, they canceled our flight for weather. It was terrible. I don't think I would have wanted to get on the flight if they were going to fly because it fly because it was a terrible lightning storm. And I don't have any desire to fly in that. They put us up in a five-star hotel for two nights, completely covered it and the transportation to the hotel. We were just told like, take this bus to a hotel. It was a little bit of a shit show, pardon my language. But once we got there and got checked in at like 3 a.m., they covered that night. It was a nicer hotel than we had been staying in, so we really enjoyed it. Uh, And then they they covered both nights because we weren't able to get out the next day either on a flight. So it will definitely, in the future, what I learned from the frustrating parts of the trip is only fly the European airlines if I'm flying a long-haul flight. Um, They really take care of their customers. The experience is amazing, and I think it's uh, head and shoulders above anything I've experienced on domestic flights. And the what I used to book at the uh, credit card points, it was like the same value as what I would have booked for a domestic airline, but the, what you got for those points was significantly different. And then we, they put us up in a five-star hotel when they canceled for weather. Amazing. Um, and then I will only book hotels where I can cancel just in case something happens. Uh, having that flexibility to change our plans was like really nice. And I'm going to have to look into this rental car thing because it feels like that's such a racket. So I feel like we spent too much on rental cars. But we did decline all the coverage for the Spain car and for the uh, Germany car because I knew it was covered with Amex. I just don't know how I could have gotten around what happened with them telling me I couldn't take it to Albania, even though they didn't explicitly tell me that until I got to the counter and had already prepaid. So I won't be prepaying again to save money. I don't think that worked out well for me. Um, so that's all I think I've, oh, wait, hold on. I have one more question. Okay. So any tips for planning an itinerary? Yes. I think you have to have a Google sheet. I would share it with whoever you're traveling with. I think break it down. I liked that we were able to break it down by activity. So like we knew Spain was going to be about being close to certain beaches. So we knew which area we wanted to be in. That was helpful. And we were flexible with aspects of it. And then we knew the second part of the trip was going to be more about hiking 
and seeing certain things in Montenegro that I was interested in. And so then kind of sat down and mapped it out. I like to map everything out first and then like mull it over a bit and then go from there. So that helped. And then we did use a travel agent for South Africa for the second part of the trip um, for those two weeks. But once again, you still have to know kind of what you want to do and how many days you want to spend. So I would say take your time and start earlier than you probably think you need to. And then I like activities and I'm a planner, obviously. Like if there isn't going to be a plan, I want it to be like today's a no plan day. Like we don't have a plan. So I mapped everything out from day one of like where are the flights, what hotels we're staying in, what beaches we're going to be by. So I had a pretty intense spreadsheet. That's what works for me. That's the way I've always traveled. We've always done like a Google drive um, when I travel with girlfriends of like, here are the things in this city that we should see. I will say that I've always traveled with people who are more into restaurants than I am. And so they will put like restaurants and bars they, that they want to see or go eat at. My husband and I aren't into that part of it. So there was one restaurant I wanted to go back to that I had been to before. So I put that down, booked that reservation. Um, so we didn't have that aspect of the itinerary planned out, which is why we did half board, which was great. So we, and then I had looked up a couple of restaurants of the places we weren't going to have half board that I wanted to try and, but wasn't beholden to them. So didn't really do too many advanced reservations because I didn't really care if we ate there or not. So I think it's important to like get the itinerary, like what do you want to see where you're going? And if you're going to be exploring other places, like how long does it take to drive there? Is there a bus to get there? All of that. And the other thing I would say that's important is figuring out food prices because you obviously are going to book your airline in advance. You're going to book or know what your hotels cost in advance and or your car rental. But the big outlier there is really like food and alcohol. I think it's good to figure that out in advance. I will say that I anticipated, because I did not look it up, that South Africa was going to be a lot more expensive than it was for food. I was shocked at how affordable food and wine uh, was in South Africa. And for some reason, I just assumed wrongly, like incorrectly, that when we went to South Africa, we did wine tastings, that those were going to be very expensive. They were $5, 5 US dollars. And when they gave you a wine glass, they didn't put this much in. They put like that much in. And a standard tasting for $5 is five wines. I was completely shocked. I was like, five wines, five tastings. And so I figured, oh, they're going to be really small. No, no, no. They basically give you a full pour, full pour. I had to say multiple times, please, I just want like a little bit. And even when I tried to get them to do a little bit, they would do like that much. So South Africa was really affordable for wine. Um, I don't really drink anything other than wine, maybe have a beer for beer. My husband drank beer and for food, like we had amazing, incredible meals that were like 30 us dollars for two people with alcohol, appetizer, entree and dessert. So I also in the itinerary would figure out the food portion of it. Spain was really affordable. So is our half board. Montenegro was affordable. Albania, we were there for a night. We actually didn't eat. Uh, we just, uh, we only had lunch, which was affordable. And then Austria was incredible. I stayed with my girlfriend. So I did not pay for many meals, but we would go hiking and go to the huts. The huts have food and beer, affordable. Uh, the place that was not affordable was Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik is incredibly expensive. And when we got stuck there for two extra days, I was like, oh my God, here goes our budget. Uh, I'm just kidding. We've gone too long for two days to ruin it. But it was expensive. And if you hadn't planned on spending, you know, we ate at a nice restaurant and I, I do think it was like 150 US dollars for, yeah, it was expensive. To give you an idea, the hotel we stayed at, the, uh, the airline, European airline put us in, 
uh, like personal pizza type thing. Like it's a nice pizza, like a wood oven pizza, not that big. It was 27 US dollars for the pizza. You get two pizzas, personal pizzas, uh, and you're in over 50 US dollars before you tip or have a water. So Dubrovnik was super expensive. So I think when you're doing your itinerary, like figure out the food and alcohol portion and get an idea of what the, how that's going to impact your budget and like where are you going to get food and just give yourself more time than you think. I think that the, the trip for the Europe portion, that which I planned, probably would have been a bit cheaper if I had booked flights and everything earlier. Like with those miles probably would have gone farther if I didn't do it in June and did it nine months in advance or whatever it is. But fortunately, that's just not for me. I can't book that far in advance, uh, not with running a business. So when you're planning your itinerary, I feel like probably the earlier you do it, the better and the probably the better deals you can get. But if you're like me, I don't think I'm going to pay for hotels and stuff in advance again because not having paid in advance and having that flexibility to cancel really always a game changer for our trip because otherwise we would have not only paid for new flights and new car, but we would have paid for a bunch of hotels that we weren't using. So I'm really happy we were able to get out of all of those. So I hope this was helpful. I think probably the big takeaway is Sometimes you don't stick to your budget and that's okay. Uh, I feel like I stick to my budget 99.9% of the time and this time I 100% did not stick to my budget and it all worked out totally fine just to be completely transparent. But I think the big wins with our travel plans was the ability to cancel hotels uh, using those credit card points, especially for the European airlines. I mean, pretty incredible experience. and. Yeah, I think that's it. So you can follow us for our most up-to-date information on our Instagram, which is Future Rich Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.